We're recording this at about 7.45 in the evening on November 1st, 2019. So by the time you hear this, we may have mustaches. Spoiler alert, we're doing Movember this year. That's exciting. More details to come later in the episode. Welcome to the Battle of Alberta podcast, the hockey show that half of us really, really love being really, really wrong sometimes. Half of us? Well, Which I half? don't know if you're going to be too happy about how wrong you were this uh, past month. Mm. But uh, anyways, I'm Stuart Jones and with me is Darren Plett. I'm Darren Plett. He is indeed. So we usually like to start the show when we talk about how we predicted our teams would do over the past month. Mm-hmm. And how wrong we were about those predictions. Shockingly. And this month is no exception to how wrong we were. Uh, let's talk about the Flames first, shall we? Oh, let's. <laughs> I'd love to. See? See? I've already proven <laughs> how much you love being wrong on this one. The Flames had 15 games in the month of October. Yeah. Darren, you thought they were going to win 10. And I thought they were going to win 9. Yes. They went 7-6-2. and two. Which not really that bad, but not ten and five. Not ten, you know, for some reason, I just assumed they would somehow pick up where they left off last regular season instead of continuing the thing where they always come out super slow to the gate. Always, every iteration of every Flames team. So why did I think they were going to buck that trend? Who knows? But they didn't. Who knows? Well, I guess more details on that in a minute. But the Oilers, on the other hand, you were pretty optimistic about them. You thought they were going to win 8 out of their 14. Mm -hmm. I thought they were going to go 500, win 7, lose 7. They went 9, 4, and 1. Yeah. And that is where I love being really, really wrong. (laughs) Because, wow, I did not see that coming. You're welcome for the optimism. Oilers fans, I might have been the only Oilers fan who saw that coming, and I'm not an Oilers fan. (laughs) That's a pretty crazy record. They're still very much near the top of the league, so they are obviously doing very well, much better than I thought they would be, and even better than you thought they would be. Yep, just... So, which of those two do we want to go into more detail on first? Uh, I think we can hold off on depressing the Flames fans. <laughs> and you can... Uh, it, it's It's been a long road for Oilers fans to get some joy, so maybe we can lead off with that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, it's been a long road coming, but they've done really, really well. Now... That being said, I believe last episode I said something to the effect of they usually start off really well and Mm -hmm. tank. Yep. So I had hoped that they would more or less start off mediocre and just stay there. They've started off really well, so I'm really hoping for no tank here. (laughs) Now, uh, that being said, again, I did notice something about their uh, month of October. The first three weeks, they were 7-1-0. Yep. Which is damn impressive. That is, that is hot. I guess is how you would say that. That's scorching. And the last two weeks of the month, though, they were 2-3-1. and one. Mm. So not super great. I don't think either of those are going to be indicative of the rest <laughs> of the season. I think we're going to be somewhere in between that. But I basically decided to be cautiously optimistic about November and uh, the rest of the season. Uh, I think they're doing really well and better than... You know, just a flash in the pan. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, traditional wisdom on the Oilers is, oh, they're really great at scoring, but they suck at defense. So the only games they're going to win are the 9-8 games, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) As long as you can score one more than the other team that's putting in goals basically in an empty net, (laughs) 
your, then your you know, team you'll has win. to beat our McDavid and goal scored, essentially. <laughs> right. So, but I don't really think they've been playing that way. They've actually been playing really good defense, I thought. Uh, in fact, their goals four per game is like quite low 2.93. They're 18th in the league. So they're not scoring more than, you know, half the league. Uh, their goals against per game is 2.57. They're ninth in the league. So they're actually, you know, not, you know, having that high scoring sort of scenario yeah. that one would expect. In fact, uh, another interesting stat I saw was they're tied for second for inner slot shots against per game at 5.5 so uh, i know that's kind of a weird obscure stat that you don't find on nhl.com yeah (laughs) (laughs) but what's that what that's telling me is they're playing much better defense than they have um and that most of the league is because they are keeping those high scoring options down for the other team which is key for the Edmonton Oilers' success because, again, you can't always score nine goals a game. Some <laughs> yeah. games you can. I don't think that's happened yet this season. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, like I said, I think they've been playing really well, not only offensively but defensively. So I'm excited to see, you know, where this trajectory goes. Again, I don't think November is going to be a 7-1-0 sort of thing, but I don't think it's going to be a 2-3-1 sort of month either. Yeah. I think uh, it's going to be closer to the positive side, but uh, somewhere in between those two. Well, someone that had a really hot October was Leon Dreisaitl. He's actually leading the entire league in scoring right now with 25 points through one month. Just pretty ridiculous, even with playing with McDavid. Yeah. But... I do have to rain on your parade just a little bit and ask you a question that you saw coming before you even walked in the door to record here. Fancy stats, advanced stats, a lot of advanced stats, and I'm not going to sit here and explain them all because, like, you think I know what most of them mean? Not even close. But for the most part, advanced stats are all about possession. Who has the puck more? who's taking shots in high-quality areas, et cetera, et cetera. And it turns out the Oilers and their bottom players, like everyone beneath um, McDavid and Dreisaitl, have pretty bad possession stats. Do you think that's indicative at all of the way the Oilers are playing? Do you care at all about what those stats say? Or is it they're passing the eye test and that's what matters and you think it's going to continue? What I think is, I think a lot of that, number one, is based on ice time. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I would imagine Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl have a ridiculous amount of ice time. <laughs> this is true. So far this season. Um, and, and I do know that uh, Dreisaitl is responsible for something like 56% of the Oilers' production or something, which is <laughs> significantly higher than any other player for their team in the league. Yes. So that is for sure understandable yes we have two guys doing all the scoring um one tweet that i want to shout out um dimitri filipovich from espn slash yahoo okay Uh, he has his own podcast as well check it out go google it i forgot what's called (laughs) (laughs) but anyways he did um talk about the sort of unevenness of the Oilers goal scoring as well he was saying that at five on five this season the first line so McDavid and Dreisaitl are on the ice they're outscoring opponents 14 to 6 the second line so with Nugent Hopkins and Neil on the ice they're outscoring opponents 5 to 4 
And the bottom six, they are outscored 10 to 1. Oh, boy. Yeah. So that sounds pretty bad, right? Yeah. Uh, there's no significant depth. There's a little bit of depth. Obviously, we like that's a pretty freaking good second line. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a problem with our bottom six. I would acknowledge that that is, needs to be solved before we can last a whole 82-game season and definitely before you can do a deep playoff run. So, yes, that's a problem. Yes, it needs to be solved. But I would imagine that many other teams have sort of similar stats. Like, you know, the bottom six are your bottom six for a reason. They're not going to have the same level of production as your top six. Maybe it's not quite as skewed, but most other teams don't have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl on their top line either. True. So, you know, yes, we need more depth, but... Uh, I think what we have right now is definitely sustainable for more than just, like I said, a flash in the pan. Again, I don't think it's a problem we can just ignore, especially if we want to try and, you know, do something in the playoffs, be in the playoffs, (laughs) you know, (laughs) things that I never thought I'd be talking about. Playoffs. Problem to be solved but not one to panic over this week. Yeah. If the Oilers are in really good standing come near trade deadline time, I wouldn't be surprised if they... uh, Start looking at rental players and things. Pick up some people to put in their bottom six for him. Why don't you tell us uh, what happened to the Flames? (laughs) What happened to the Flames? Well, I can't exactly diagnose the Flames. (laughs) Besides maybe a bit of a case of not caring enough. I mean... It looks to me a lot of the time like they're being lazy. And I think I've said that on this podcast before at times last year. And it's happening again. I mean, the Flames right now are 7, 6, and 2. That's not bad. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, when you look at it, they're still right in the thick of things in the division. The Oilers are only three points up and they're in the top. And uh, Calgary's got a fair bit of breathing room and they're not in a bad spot. But they sure don't look like the Flames of last year. The mm-hmm. top line isn't isn't really scoring that much. They're depending heavily on Matthew Kachuk and Elias Lindholm to kind of drag them along. And a lot of the players you'd expect to look really good, like Gaudreau and Monaghan, look kind of listless. Actually, I'd, I'll take that back about Monaghan because he's kind of changed his approach. He He's hitting a lot more, which is fun to watch. And he looks like he's concentrating a lot more on things other than scoring goals. So I'm kind of hoping that He's concentrating on the defense and the right things and being physical and the scoring will come. But, I mean, it still is worth pointing out that he's not scoring much and neither is Gaudreau. And when two-thirds of your top line aren't scoring much, it doesn't really, doesn't really help out your team a whole lot. That being said, they've looked really up and down. And the ups, I think, are, for starters, the play of David Riddick, big save Dave. His stats won't say it all because they don't look great. They're pretty average, even maybe a little bit below average because he's been on the receiving end of some really poor Flames defensive efforts. But he has looked stellar, absolutely stellar in some games and held them in some games they had zero business being in. Starting goaltending is always questioned in Calgary. Every single year they've been through a goaltending carousel since Kiprasov, it's new goalies pretty much every year and you're like are they gonna get goaltending this year and all the national media is like nope probably not and they question it but i think big save dave is the goalie they've been looking for he holds them in it he really does and even though his stats don't say it right now i think he matters so much more to that team than again his his stats will 
say. So I think the Flames are actually going to start trending up. They have a solid goaltender. I think they will get their legs under them. And a big reason why is, whoop, dropping my pen, is actually the Nashville game that happened last night on uh, on Thursday. I didn't get to watch all of it, but I watched all the highlights. And that was an absolute barn burner that they had no business winning. The first two periods might have been their worst two periods in of the year. That's really saying something. <laughs> and the third period, they scored four goals in the most dramatic fashion possible. And then Matthew Kachuk, like, scored basically the goal of the year. Brody going to the goal. Lino to the middle of the shot block. Kachuk scores! Matthew Kachuk! What a goal! Less than a second left in overtime. Kachuk with a beauty. And the Flames complete the comeback and win 6-5 to five in Nashville. That was an absolutely insane goal. I've watched it probably 10, 15 times, maybe more than that afterwards. Just like, how did, how did he manage that? And uh, to me, that is the makings of one of those turnaround games. The Flames tend to have those. Like last year, they had that, that Pittsburgh game that they got completely embarrassed. 9-1, to one, and they turned their whole season around. And even though they won this one, they didn't get embarrassed. The first two periods were horribly embarrassing. The goals against were all odd man rushes. Um, Yarncroak from the Preds scored two shorthanded goals against the Flames. That was hideous, and I think if I had to guess, something went on in the dressing room before that third period, and that might be the turning point of the year. I really hope so. Um, again, they've the downs are the top line not looking like a top line except for Lindholm and um, the Flames just looking like a defensive mess right now even though they've got a really talented blue line but with Riddick playing well and with that turning point in Nashville I really have hope for them pulling out of the early season funk. Um, I thought it was interesting how at the beginning of the season there wasn't a lot of love for Calgary with you know considering how well they did last year now that they have had such a bad start, it almost seems like all the people who weren't talking about Calgary were right not to talk about them. But you've already said that obviously that's not going to be the same as last year. But do you think last year was just a complete flash in the pan, like a complete fluke? Or like, do you think they're going to do, you know, well this year? Maybe not that well, but, um, you know, it's, it's just been a bad start. Uh, I think the first half of the year was a bit of a fluke. The first half of the year, they had like historic goal-scoring records for their top line. And uh, right now, almost nobody, with the exception of Lindholm, is really living up to what they did last year. So in that way, I think it was a bit of a fluke. And then after the All-Star break, they kind of cooled off to... They were still good, but the goal-scoring cooled off a bit, and it was more hard-fought games, and they were kind of coasting a little bit. And I think... Unfortunately, that's more like the Flames that we've been seeing is the post-All-Star break Flames that were still good, but not as incredibly hot. (laughs) Yeah, not as incredibly hot as they were at the start of the year. So I don't think they're a top three team in the West like they were last year. They were tops in the West. But I do think that they're still pushing to be in the top three in the West, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. They're still just outside the top three bubble. And they'll make the playoffs fairly comfortably, in my opinion, because they do have a lot of talent and, like I said, a fairly solid goalie. 
and everything will even out eventually. The flames will start last year, like the the October last year was fairly similar to this one in terms of record. And uh, I think they will pick up their socks, not to a crazy extent, but enough to get them comfortably in the playoffs. And a stat I forgot to point out when I was talking earlier that I looked at today, it turns out that in the last 10 games, the Flames and the Oilers actually have identical records at 5-4-1. and one. So, like, you see how the Oilers came out to a real hot start mm-hmm. and kind of trend down a little bit. And the Flames basically fell on their faces right out of the gate and uh, are starting to get a little more consistent. And that's what you're going to see all over the league, right, as teams who get out of these wildly different starts kind of figuring themselves out and evening out. And as everyone evens out, the league gets more balanced. So, yeah, I think the Oilers will come down to earth just a little bit. And the Flames will start to pick their socks up just a little bit as well. So I think uh, now it's time for our Selly and Scorn, where we take some things from the past little while and celebrate them and scorn them. <laughs> it's pretty self-explanatory. I don't know why I explain it every time. Yeah, but, uh, really. You should have figured this out by now. Yeah. Well, anyways, my Selly for this week is obviously the real... <laughs> This is the real deal, James Friggin' Neal. And because of this, I have uh, decided we're going to do a semi-regular statement is, was the real Neal deal really a steal? Yeah. Let's find out. Was the real Neal really a steal? Let's find out. I apologize immediately for that song. Don't worry, we will never play it again. (laughs) But anyways... He's earned his own theme song, however terrible that may have been, because holy crap. So 14 games, 11 goals, two assists, somehow still a minus four. I don't know how that works, but anyway. <laughs> Power plays, man. <laughs> yes, true enough. Yeah. I believe nine, eight or nine of those goals are power play goals. Those don't get those your Those don't count. So you're a smart man. Anyways, he got seven goals in his first four games. That is actually a new franchise record for the Edmonton Oilers. If you don't mind, I'm going to mute myself so I can sob quietly <laughs> while you. Uh, so talk previously, about the franchise record for that short amount of time was six goals, held by two people. I'm betting you can guess one of them. Connor McDavid. No. What? Oh, Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky. Okay, well, <laughs> and Glenn Anderson. <laughs> well, that was when Glenn Anderson was all hopped up on the cocaine. Right. Yeah. Anyways. James Neal theoretically did it without cocaine. Theoretically. Yeah. We don't know that. No, no, no guarantees. (laughs) But still, franchise record. That's pretty impressive. To compare, just just picking a random player out of the... Yeah. Milan Lucic. Super (laughs) random. Wow. I couldn't see that coming. Last year for the Oilers, Lucic got his second goal on January 8th of 2019. So, he took about three months and change to get two goals. And uh, James Neal took four games to get seven goals. Yeah, I don't see your point. No, no. I, I, no. Yeah, no. It's, it's, Think of all the hits. Uh, yeah, right. That's, <laughs> that's what wins you hockey games. Don't worry. There is good news for the Flames in all this. Oh. For the Flames fans. The Flames get Oilers' third round 2020 pick. Definitely. If... Now, this is not guaranteed. Neil scores at least 21 goals. He's already halfway there. (laughs) 
and he scores 10 or more goals more than Lucic. And so far, with Lucic's zero goals. Oh, yeah. You need to look that stat up. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't even write that one down. I just knew. <laughs> uh, so far, that is true. So, good news, Flames fans. You're getting a mediocre pick. We could turn it into the next Johnny Gaudreau. You could. So anyways, James Neal, obviously my Selly this month because like, I thought he was going to be better for the Oilers than he was for the Flames, but I could not have imagined that. Now, much like the Oilers 7-1 start, 7-1-0, whatever it was, <laughs> I don't think James Neal is going to stick to this pace. You know? No. For some reason, I don't see him scoring over 100 goals this year. <laughs> uh I do think he's going to be really good for the Oilers. I think he's already earned it. He could retire now, and I've, I would applaud that trade. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't think he's going to be that good all year, but obviously he's doing really well, and I hope some extent of that keeps up. Can we get a scorn before I have a full mental breakdown over here? So, last episode, my scorn was maybe a bit premature, but it was on the Oilers fans for abandoning ship right away if things didn't start off too well they would get mad and uh, demand heads be put on stakes and all that stuff right now granted my none of that came true because the oilers have done well so the oilers fans haven't had a chance to riot yet (laughs) but i feel like i need to make up for to the oilers fans for that so the scorn for myself this week is on the fans of the other 30 teams in the league because now this is purely anecdotal. I have no scientific evidence to back this up, but everywhere I've seen uh, in the media, in social media, on the internet, fans of all the other teams have been giving Oilers fans crap for being happy about the Oilers doing so well. And like, come on. Have we not earned this with our patience? Like, everyone's like, oh, you know, it's it's only October. It's still early. Yes, these are all true, but the Oilers have done well. Can we not enjoy this for the brief amount of time it may last? Oilers fans, be happy. Make jokes. Be loud and a little obnoxious. Not too obnoxious. You know, let's, we're still Canadian after all. But, you know, enjoy this while it lasts. Don't let other fans get you down. They're just bitter. Flames fans may be part of that. I don't know. I don't want to single them out or anything. But, uh, yeah, so my scorn is on uh, fans of all the other teams except the Oilers. No comment on the bitterness for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do have a silly and a scorn. Uh, My silly is for the Heritage Classic that was hosted in Regina. The Flames played against the Winnipeg Jets, and unfortunately the Flames lost. But, I mean, even though the Flames lost, I think it was a really cool game to watch. Apparently, this is what the players said, the ice surface was among the best they'd played in in the league period. They said if it wasn't for the snow, it would have been pretty much perfect ice, and that's with indoor rings and they they played on perfect ice outside all you heard the whole week was about how amazing mosaic stadium is you hear it all the time uh that it's a great facility and uh, apparently it was just a great a great party basically and it was a good game to watch 
it was i mean it was only 2-1 but i think just the atmosphere of a place like that and the snow gently falling and and a facility like mosaic stadium and the fact that it was in a neutral place like saskatchewan bringing hockey to saskatchewan for a party like that that's all super cool i mean i brought it up in my celly last uh last month that each team had great jerseys too it was all around just a really cool game to watch and I've been kind of critical before on how many outdoor games are played and in the most unlikely of places as well. And I think it's a little ridiculous how many they play. But an outdoor game between Calgary and Winnipeg in Regina at Mosaic Stadium, thats that was a great idea. I think that was really cool. Uh, my scorn, I had a bit of trouble coming up with one. I mean, you'd think I could just scorn the Flames for not playing great, <laughs> but... I, I singled out Sam Bennett in particular. Every year we hear about how Sam Bennett's going to break out and this is his year and he's only young 20-something and he's got so much skill. And I buy into that hope every year and it never quite happens. And to add on to that, he's really getting a reputation of taking dumb penalties. He's always done it and now I notice it more than ever this year of how often that guy gets put in the penalty box. And I think... Even though at this point he might be getting a little better at the dumb penalties he takes, I think the refs know that he takes dumb penalties because I've seen some, as you could call it, ghost calls on him this year where he didn't actually do anything, but the ref's like, oh, it's Sam Bennett. He probably did something stupid. And so they put him in the box anyway. I'm not, and I'm not criticizing the refs. I can see their point on that because <laughs> he's taken some stupid penalties, like offensive zone hooking so many tripping calls in the offensive zone, having a stick where it doesn't belong. They're not like Kachuk-like penalties where he's throwing someone off their game or really being an aggravator. He's just kind of being lazy or sometimes a little too overzealous with his stick. So my scoring is on you, Sam Bennett. You bring me into this false hope every year that it's your year and you let me down with stupid penalties and no scoring all year so get it together man we need your mustache on this team and it needs to bring us some scoring wow you like addressed that directly to him that yes. got personal he at the end. must listen right <laughs> i'm assuming so yeah speaking of mustaches what a solid transition i didn't even plan that wow so uh we kind of teased it off the top but uh, Darren and I are doing Movember this year. Uh, we thought, A, it would just be a fun thing to do, but more importantly, we're raising money for some good causes for men's health, both physical and mental. Um, you can check out the website, uh, movember.com, for just details on what exactly it is uh, we're raising funds for. But uh, we are raising funds, uh, both individually, so we thought it would be fun to get you guys involved and uh, pitch in your pennies to a good cause. Uh, maybe use your dollars to vote for your favorite host. No, don't do that. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't actually do that because uh, I've ticked off all the Oilers fans, <laughs> and uh, that's supposed to be my... <laughs> side so uh yeah. and for those who don't know us or have medicine real life if there are any of you Stu and i are generally bearded gentlemen yep. so this is this is definitely changed for me i've had a beard for six years now and i just shaved today and boy does it feel weird yeah we're uh we're both uh starting starting from fresh so mm -hmm. uh we'll take a good before picture and put that up on the twitterverse or whatever <laughs> 
for the seven people to see. And uh, so if you want to donate, head over to thebattleofalbertapodcast.com. Uh, we'll have a splash page that comes up for Movember with links to both of our donation pages. Uh, it'll be super easy for you to do. And if you donate... $10 or more to either one of us, doesn't have to be to both, then we will reach out to you somehow. We'll figure that out. Uh, and we will send you some sweet Battle of Alberta logo stickers. And we will also shout you out on the next couple episodes. Prizes and a shout out. Yeah. So uh, we think that's pretty cool. Um, so, you know, head over to the website to donate. Uh, and again, you know, it's that might sound like a lot for a couple stickers, but hey, it's a good cause, yeah. right? <laughs> Plus, you get a shout out. Yeah, com. I know you're listening, you're like, I'll remember that. You won't. Write it down right now. <laughs> remember to donate, please, and you'll get some decals. That'd be super cool. In fact, probably on one of the podcast apps you're listening to if you go to the show notes i don't know how you get there because i don't know what app <laughs> click, you click buttons randomly until you, you get click it click buttons until you see show notes about this show the website will be on there so click on that and that'll take you there but speaking of podcast apps we are now on another one at least we're, we're processing. Yep. In a couple hours from right now, we will be on Spotify. We're going to be on Spotify. Uh, we forgot to put ourselves on Spotify because when we first went out, we didn't have enough episodes. Now we're way past that threshold. So we should be on there by the time you're hearing this. That should have been our timestamp. <laughs> by the time you're hearing this, we're on Spotify. Wow, you think of these things too late. Anyways. So go check us out on there and rate us or like us. I don't know how Spotify podcasts work, but make share us with your friends and your enemies and everyone. Especially your enemies. Yeah. <laughs> let's take some predictions, shall we? Let's sure. let's see if we can improve. <laughs> now say that with a straight face. We have decided since uh, we went a month between episodes, and that's what we did last regular season. But it seems a bit long, especially yeah. when I actually do have people asking me occasionally, "When are you guys doing a new episode?" Wow, well, I have no one asking. Yeah, so <laughs> it's okay. It's very occasional. But so it again, do not vote on your favorite post because <laughs> clearly people talk to Darren more than me about that. This. Might be true, but we are planning on going by weekly now so as we head into our predictions obviously the amount of games we're predicting will be a bit shorter so so hopefully we'll have a better chance of getting them right yeah right less games higher chance actually probably that's the opposite of how statistics work so Stu, yeah what have you got for your predictions uh who do we want to start with let's go flames (laughs) well we did we did oilers off the top of the podcast let's not go flames but okay go flames so the flames have six games between now and the middle of the month i think they are doing okay (laughs) and i think they will continue to do okay looking at their schedule they have some tough teams Uh, i believe washington was in there st louis Mm -hmm. Um, I may be remembering this from the Edmonton schedule, but as usual, they're usually the the same. same. (laughs) (laughs) So I think they're going to go 500. I think they're going to win three out of that six. Again, just some more so tough teams than their play, but also their play that I don't have that much confidence in their ability to take on those tough teams at this point. Yep. I also have the Flames of 500. I mean, I know I said that I see Nashville as a turning point, but... You know, it may not manifest in just straight wins from here on. You said it 
there's a few tough teams defending Stanley Cup champs who are getting ridiculous goaltending and Washington, who's always a tough out. So I also see them going three and three. Now, I believe we established last year that if we both predict the same number of games, we have to predict the number of OT losses yes. in order to do like a tiebreaker. Not that either of us have ever been right on these things. <laughs> yes. So uh, I'll let you go first. Out of those three losses, how many do you think they'll at least get a point in? I think they'll get at least a point in one. They'll be pl- if if my prediction of them playing a bit better comes along. I think they can tie up one of those top teams. All right, I was also going to say one. Got him. <laughs> so I uh, I don't think they'll be able to do two. So I'm going to go with none. None. Solid solid choice. Yep. That's how that works, right? <laughs> okay. What about the Oilers? How do you think they're going to do? They've got seven games between now and the middle of the They do. They the have month. one more game, and as usual, mostly the same opponents as the Flames. I don't see the Oilers continuing on their 7-0-1 streak. But, especially uh, in seven games. Especially in seven that games. That would be very impressive. Yeah, very, like, they found some midget team to play and beat them. <laughs> or lost to them in overtime. Or lost. <laughs> wow, those kids were good. But I do have the fl- uh, the Flames, sorry, the Oilers going four and three over that span. I think they can keep it up for now. They got uh, Dreisaitl as the top scorer in the league. So you got one of those. That's uh, That's a pretty decent player to have on your team. Yeah, and the fact that you, you say that sentence and the sentence is Dreisaitl and not McDavid, yeah. like that's pretty impressive. That is impressive. So uh, I thought between the power of Dreisaitl, McDavid, and the real friggin' deal of James friggin' Neal. Mention his name. Uh, I think they're actually going to win five out of the seven. Ooh. I know that's pretty optimistic. I, I was saying I was, as I was writing that down, I think that's the most optimistic prediction <laughs> of the Oilers I've ever had. So Oilers fans, love me. <laughs> love me again. <laughs> Donate to my page. Um, I think they're doing really well. I, I know they had a, you know, week, week. <laughs> week, week. That was a bad sentence. <laughs> I know they had a poor, poor, poor week. week. There you go. Um, but uh, yeah, I think they're doing really well and i think the top guys are doing really well and yes the bottom guys are not but that won't matter just yet i think they're going to do really well for the next couple weeks all right folks that'll do it for this episode thank you so much for listening Once again, if you could rate us on whatever podcast app you listen on, that would be fantastic. It helps get our podcast up the rankings and more people see it that way. Also, remember, we're doing Movember. We will provide updates on www.movember.com. And you can also get to our specific profiles by going to thebattleofalbertapodcast.com. And we will have a splash page up and you will be able to easily see where to go to support us. So please donate and we'll have some maybe not so great mustache pictures up there. But you can ignore those if you want. You can just donate. So thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time.